This is the 448th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons B reporter for the AJC, and we're going to title this episode, The Search to Replace Arthur Smith. We have a special guest, Ben Bolin of the Boston Globe, coming by to give us everything we need to know about Bill Belichick who interviewed for the vacancy on Monday. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet... You can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back here from the break at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. And before we go any further... I want to introduce our special guest, Mr. Ben Volan, the senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe. He's covered the NFL since 2007. And Ben was the first one back in uh, the middle of the season that started talking about Bill Belichick could land with the Atlanta Falcons. Now that interview is done, the search is underway, and we'll get into that in depth on the second half of the show. But right now, let's meet Mr. Ben Volan of the Boston Globe. Ben, thanks for coming and joining the show today. Mr. Ledbetter, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. All right, you're making me sound old with that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just a sign of respect for, for you, my friend. All right, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, um, you know, Bill Belichick interview with the Falcons on Monday. And uh, Ben told us back in November that this was a possibility. Uh, go over your reporting, Ben, and how you were able to to uh, forecast that this was a possible landing spot for Coach Bill Belichick. Yeah, th- this was something that I heard, frankly, probably midway through the season, to, just to keep an eye on the NFC South in general, just to look like a division where all four teams had the potential to wipe out their head coach. Now Todd Bowles has saved his job. Seems like Dennis Allen has saved his job, but there's a lot of changes coming to that staff. And then it obviously, you know, came to fruition with Carolina and Atlanta. Carolina, we all saw coming. It was just a bad fit with Frank Reich. Atlanta, I don't know if it was Arthur Smith's fault. To me, the the, the Falcons' problems have to be um, put on whoever decided to go into this year with Desmond Ritter as the quarterback and Taylor Heineke. I don't know if necessarily that was Arthur Smith, but he's the one who paid for it. And three straight years of seven and 10 just weren't going to get it done for Arthur blank. So, uh, I, I was, I, I was just kind of told like, keep an eye on the Falcons 
that's a situation where, you know, Arthur Blank is not messing around anymore. He's tired of, I think it's seven straight years now without the playoffs in Atlanta. Um, he usually goes for the first time head coaches. Guys usually don't have as big of a profile. And it's, you know, it served him well with Dan Quinn and with Mike Smith. But uh, I, I think where the Falcons are right now, they're, they're looking for someone to get them over the top. And we'll see if Bill Belichick is still that guy. I, I still think he can be in the right situation. But, you know, I, just as far as teams that are willing to – that A, are going to have the opening and then are going to be willing to give Belichick the power, I was kind of told early on, uh, look out for Arthur Blank and the Falcons there. And we'll see. I thought you had an excellent report last week, D. Orlando, where you talked about uh, a team source saying – that Arthur Blank wants Belichick, but Belichick may not want the Falcons. I thought that was really interesting insight. And to me, it sounds like Belichick is probably looking to see what the landscape is going to be. You know, we don't know what the Falcons and Eagles are going to do and things like that. My hunch is that Belichick goes to the Falcons if that's his best opportunity, but he's waiting to see maybe what other jobs shake open right now. Yeah, and um, my my sources told me that hey, you know, um, like last year when D'Amico Ryan pulled out of Denver, um, that kind of messed up the market, and Sean Payton had to go take Denver. So, um, you know, the 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 analogy was to this year, uh, you know, Dallas and the Eagles hadn't played yet and flopped in the playoffs. So, you know, those are jobs that might come open with Super Bowl ready, closer to being Super Bowl ready rosters than this one's here. So we'll just stay on top of it. Raheem Morris is going to interview. We're going to get into all the other interviews later in the draft, uh, later in the podcast when we, um, you know, uh, you know, after we talk with you. But so do you think, could you envision Bill Belichick coming to coach the team that he beat in Super Bowl 51? Yeah, that would be wild. And uh, I, I can only imagine – uh, the interview process with with Arthur Blank and there were some great uh, great jokes on Twitter yesterday about twenty eight to three and the interview process. Talk about a time you overcame adversity. Uh, you know, I I do think that Belichick uh, would do it. You know, there's only thirty two of these jobs. He clearly wants to keep coaching. If Arthur Blank is offering him the best opportunity, then he's going to go be an Atlanta Falcon, and it doesn't really matter what happens in the past. Yeah, I don't think the Falcons are that far off. I mean, all they need is a quarterback. And I realize we say that like, well, it's it's only the most important position. But they do have a good roster outside of that one position. If they could figure out, you know, whether it's a rookie or going in and getting a veteran, maybe like a Justin Fields, I don't think the Falcons are that far off. So it's not – I mean, it's certainly a better situation than what Belichick had here in New England this year where the roster was just dreadful and – the coaching staff was a mess and there was just no chance of them having success. So, you know, Belichick is – he's 14 wins behind Don Shula for the all-time record. He clearly, I think, wants that record. So that's probably a couple more years at least that he's going to be coaching. I still think he's got the fire and the energy and the passion to do it. Even though he's going to be 72 this year, it's all he knows, you know, coaching football. This will be his 50th NFL season coming up. So, yeah, I, I do think that he would go to the Falcons, but I, I still think ultimately he's waiting to see what other jobs open up. And and I, I have to think that if all things being equal, he might select, you know, a Dallas or a Philadelphia over Atlanta just because they are a little bit more ready-made. But I, I do think Bill is going to coach again, and I think Atlanta is very much on the table. With that said, 
Uh, everybody's aware of Bill Belichick, the coach, but um, Bill Belichick, the GM, hasn't really been up to. Uh, well, I'll let you tell the folks. How's Bill Belichick, the GM, been? Well, he's the one solely solely responsible for the state of the roster right now, where they didn't have a single Pro Bowl player, no one uh, on the All Pro team as well. Um, they they were the only team this year that didn't win a Player of the Week award, offense, defense, or special teams. So, you know, the, the quarterback position, that's one thing. I mean, Mac, Dro- Mac Jones is totally broken, and it's just you have to decide whether he just was never that good and, you know, his his the state of Mac Jones, is he's responsible for it or that Belichick kind of contributed to it. I, I think it might be a little bit of both. But, you know, they, they didn't, didn't have great talent on offense. You know, the defense was okay. Be- Belichick can definitely build a defense. Special teams were fine, although the rookie kicker they drafted this year was a disaster. Um, but Belichick has had a really tough time rebuilding the offense since Brady left four years ago. Um, you want, you know, he doesn't invest in quarterback and wide receiver, and those are the two most important positions in today's NFL. So if he does go to Atlanta, it'll be interesting to see how much control he truly does have over personnel. You know, will, will Terry Fontenot stay there? Will Belichick get to bring in his own handpicked guy? To you know, will Scott Pioli come back? Maybe that maybe that could happen for the Falcons. But um, yeah, you know, Belichick can still can still coach, although you know, not to dump on him too much. But you know, but people say he's still one of the best game day coaches. He, he's kind of slipped in that area too. He he's become one of the one of the most conservative game day coaches. I mean, no one loves to punt on fourth and one from midfield more than Bill Belichick. And for a lot of these teams now that are turning more to analytics and getting more aggressive on fourth down and two point conversions, that is not Belichick. He is playing for field position and let's rely on defense and special teams. So it's a little bit of an old school way there. And when you don't have Tom Brady, it it makes, you know, your margin of error is a lot slimmer. So, um, I'm fascinated to see how Belichick does in his next step, just to see, does he change his ways at all? Does he adapt? Um, will he do his old ways? Can they still work in today's NFL? Uh, it'll be fascinating to to see him get, you know, one last opportunity with another team, much like, you know, Brady did with, with Tampa. And obviously that worked out pretty well for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question about it. Hey, before we let you get out of here, Ben, um, just what's the vibe? Like, I know Jared Mayo's going to meet with the press on Wednesday uh, up in Boston. What's the vibe of him taking over as the new new coach and successor to Bill Belichick? Uh, I sense some optimism from fans who are optimistic that, you know, the Crafts have kind of identified Gerard Mayo Someone they've known as a player since 2008. He's been a coach in the organization the last five years. So there's definitely some excitement from fans that this is the guy they've been grooming and he's young and he'll be a lot friendlier with the media and it'll just be like a different vibe. That said, there's also, I think, a lot of worry about the process that the Crafts went through here. They didn't hire or they didn't interview a single person from outside the organization. You know, they, they put a clause in Gerard Mayo's contract last year. That he'll be the coach in waiting, and they they went and executed it this year. And Mayo might be a great coach, but you know when you don't search, do any sort of search for for other candidates, how can you know that you've got the best guy? I mean, Mayo's resume is pretty light. He's never even called a play at the NFL level. He's you know led some meetings and done some coordinator stuff, but Mayo's got a very light resume and. 
The Patriots haven't announced anything front office-wise, but it sounds like they're not going to hire a GM either, that it's mostly going to be status quo and that the only real change is removing Bill Belichick as if he was the big problem with the organization. So I think it seems like they're on the path now for a multi-year rebuild. They're reconfiguring the organization, the power structure. I think they grew weary of having one guy be in charge of everything and Bill Belichick and they want to decentralize it and it sounds like you know jonathan Kraft, the you know the owner's son is going to be uh with a lot more control and power now and ultimately he might be the guy who has final say over a lot of football matters so it's definitely a new day in new england and a new structure and i think uh just a lot of interest and concern maybe not concerns but questions about what it's going to look like because so far there haven't been many answers well, Ben, I want to thank you for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thanks for your insight about Coach Bill, the Patriots, and him maybe coming to Atlanta, uh, and on Jared Mayo and uh, the future of the Patriots. Um, six titles, that's a long time. You were there for most of it, so you and Coach uh, uh, had a good relationship uh, uh, and so forth. So uh, are you getting ready to you know, kind of start over square one with Jared, huh? Yeah, it'll it'll be um, it'll be interesting to have a new coach who gives us a little bit more in press conferences <laughs> and doesn't make life so difficult for the media. But D. Led, if if uh, Belichick comes down to Atlanta, you're going to be seeing my face a lot. I, I was basically a Bucks beat writer for three years when Brady was down there. So uh, I'm rooting for Atlanta because it's a nice, quick, easy flight. You know that. So for me personally, I'm rooting for Belichick to go down to Atlanta. Well, we'll see. We'll certainly stay on top of that. And, uh, yeah, that'll be a uh, pretty big hire if, the co- if uh, Arthur Blaine could pull it off. He tried to get Bill Parcells uh, down here in 2008, and um, he just leveraged that to get him a better deal in Miami. So we'll see what happens here as the owner is going deep-sea fishing again, as I said last week, and we'll see where it, where it lands the Atlanta Falcons. Well, Ben, thanks so much for coming by. We appreciate it, and uh, take care and and uh, enjoy. Well, you don't have a coach search. You can start getting ready for the senior bowl and the combine and whatnot. Yeah, I was expecting this drawn out process, but it's a uh, you know the Patriots they they wrapped it us wrapped it up nice and tidy for us. So yeah, we've got the 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 postseason circuit and then the Super Bowl coming up. So should be nice and easy for us here. But thanks so much. Uh, D-Lad, always uh, appreciate you and hope I can run into you soon uh, at the Super Bowl or one of these events. All right, Ben, we'll look forward to seeing you. You take care. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, that was awesome, man. It was great to get Ben to come on the show and discuss the Patriots and that situation. Two of their franchises that are tied together through one of the worst Super Bowl collapse in the history of the game. Could it possibly be that Bill Belichick the architect of the New England Patriots could be coming to try to help Arthur Blank get the Falcons back on a winning path after six consecutive losing seasons. Well, we'd like to thank Ben once again. Thanks so much for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles. And with that, we're going to go to the break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. 
let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, before we move on to look at the coaching search, coaching candidates, blow by blow, we got nine of them to go through, and we're going to do that. We'll dispense with Coach Bilicek. Ben took care of that for us. But I have a special offer for you before we move forward. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited access for just 99 cents. That's unlimited digital access. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we we are heavy into the coaching search here. So uh, let's start. We we started. We don't have to go all the way back to the Monday presser. Uh, he got fired. Then by Friday, Monday during the week, they had meetings, and then they started putting in names for requests. And uh, so far, they have interviewed Michael McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinators, Brian Callahan, the Bengals' offensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes the San Francisco defensive coordinator, and uh, E. Joe Evero, the Panthers defensive coordinator, and Anthony Weaver, the associate head coach, defensive line of the Baltimore Ravens. And now we know, in addition to those five, they've also made requests for Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, the coordinators in Detroit, and Antonio Pierce, the interim coach with the Raiders. And we also know that Raheem Morris, there's been a request. We don't have the time for his interview yet. We don't have Pierce's time, but we know that Johnson and Glenn will be going either on Friday or Saturday. They have nine interviews, and that's the time that Coach Dan Campbell put aside for them to interview at the end of this week, after they get prepared for their playoff games. So we're going to um, want to take a look here at, we'll go over the games to end the, end the show. I just want to make sure I have them all lined up on the times. But we'll worry about that later. But let's take care of our business at hand here. Mike McDonald, he's 36. He's from uh, Centennial High, went to Georgia. But while a student at Athens, he started coaching at Cedar Shows, and he's uh, one of the bright young defensive minds. John Harbaugh loaned him to his brother, Jim, at Michigan for a year, then brought him back and made him the coordinator of the Ravens. 
and he's done a great job adjusting to a lot of the new offenses in the league, shutting down the Eagles and uh, the 49ers this year. So we'll see if they can make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Brian Callahan, uh, 39, he's been the Bengals offensive coordinator since 2019 uh, after working with quarterbacks for the Lions, Raiders, and as assistant for the Broncos. His father is Bill Callahan, served as interim head coach of Washington and head coach of the Raiders. Familiar with Coach Bill, he was at Wisconsin. He used to put together those lines for the Barry Alvarez teams that would average like eight yards, nine yards of carry. They couldn't throw, but they could run that ball, and he was the architect of that. Steve Wilkes is a fun candidate for me. I covered him in high school at West Charlotte High, uh, but now he's the defensive coordinator with the 49ers, made his uh, hay in the NFC South with the Panthers under Ron Rivera. He started his coaching career at Johnson C. Smith, in Charlotte, and uh, spent some time at Savannah State. He was also the head coach at Savannah State in 1999, uh, was the Cardinals head coach in 18, and was the Panthers interim head coach in 2023 after Matt Rule was fired. Everose, 43, worked his way up from the defensive quality control positions. Uh, he has coached with the Bucks, 49ers, Packers, Rams, and Broncos. Uh, he was the Broncos DC in 2022 before going to the Panthers. In uh, Denver, he had his unit was the seventh ranked unit. Last year with the Panthers, they were fourth. Now that defense was pretty salty, and it was pointed out to me that one of the things that he did with that defense was he put Brian Burns and Derek Brown on the same side, and that like that messed the Falcons up because they couldn't double both of them. So one of them was free. So you, you just basically had to run to the other side of the field. But yeah, Derek Brown spent the whole day in the backfield because they had to double Burns. And then if they doubled Brown, then Burns was free. So yeah, good creative uh, mind. Made the most out of his talent there in, in Carolina. So you'll see his name even if he doesn't get the job here. Anthony Weaver. Uh, he's in the leader of men group. He's a great, you know, talker and motivator. He has been with the Browns, Bills, Texans, and Jets. He was the Texans defensive coordinator in 2020. He's a defensive line guy. So, you know, that would knock out uh, Ryan Nelson. Uh, he played at Notre Dame, spent seven seasons in the NFL, and, um, you know, the other interviews that have been requested, Ben Johnson, 37. He's the Lions offensive guru. He's put that whole thing together up there. They had the line, and it was just a matter of uh, swapping out some of the talent and developing uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, getting a great year out of the rookie, Sam Laporta, and uh, Jamar Gibbs at running back, getting David Montgomery from Chicago, and he put that whole thing together. We'll see uh, how they do in the playoffs this week. But Ben Johnson, 37, was a walk-on quarterback at North Carolina. He's been with the Lions as their coordinator for the past two seasons. And they were ranked third in total offense last year, second in passing, fifth in rushing, and fifth in points. You know, we talk about those rankings all the time and how you got to be in the top 16. You know, those are playoff teams. 
Aaron Glenn, you all should know him, 51, played in the NFL from 1994 to 2008. He's a three-time Pro Bowl cornerback. He's a member of the Texas A&M Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, his defense is, uh, he ranked 19th in yards allowed last year, second against the run, though, and 27th against the pass and 23rd in points. Now, Antonio Pierce, everybody got to see the work he did last year when he took over for Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. He's 45. Uh, was He's a former NFL linebacker. He went 5-4 and four in that job for the Raiders. Had him playing some respectable ball. And he uh, played collegially at Arizona. Was signed as an undrafted player by Washington in 2001. Went on to play nine seasons and picked up a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. And so that's uh that's our five that have interviewed plus Billichek. That's six. And then that's uh three more. So we're up to nine. Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, and Antonio Pierce. And then the tenth one is Raheem Morris. They have request we requested um to interview with him, it's my understanding that interview has not been set up as of late yet, late Tuesday. And uh, so that's coming. And, and he's going to interview with the um, Panthers on Wednesday. They don't really have to ask him much. He was here for seven years. He coached wide receivers. He was assistant head coach, coached the defense. He coached, you know, secondary. He was all over the place helping Dan Quinn put out fires and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and the family knows him very, very well, which gives him, you know, probably some inside track. You know, we're hearing that, hey, it's Belichick's number one, Raheem's number two. Then after that, you know, they got to figure out, you know, who they feel best about. Can you get Callahan? He's a quarterback guru from Cincinnati. McDonald's a defensive guru. What type of uh, coordinators will he be bringing with him? Steve Wilkes, they're going to play hard if you play for him. I know that uh, he had a lot of respect in the building whenever the Falcons played the Panthers. So, uh, you know, Pierce, we saw his work in public. And, um, you know, Evero is one of the up-and-coming, you know, really, really tough defensive minds that, uh, you know, is going to probably land somewhere here. But uh, that's where we're at. We're just a week into the search. We got 10 candidates. They said it was going to be a broad search, that they were going to take their time and do it right. And uh, that's where we're at right now. The big name, big fish is Bill Belichick, and we'll see where that goes. Before we get out of here, we're going to get you ready for the playoff games. Whew, this is the divisional round. And on Saturday, you'll have Green Bay at the 49ers. They had the bye. That's the Saturday 8 o'clock game. Before the earlier game will be the Texans, C.J. Stroud against Lamar Jackson at 4.30 on Saturday at Baltimore. Then on Sunday, you'll have the Bucks at the Lions. Lions with their first playoff win in 32 years. See if they can get one step closer to a Super Bowl, which, I mean, they haven't been there. Well, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl when Bobby Lane and them were doing their thing. And then a big one. You know, we've been seeing this battle uh, play out the last few uh, years in the AFC. But now the Chiefs are on the road at Buffalo at 6.30 p.m. 
on Sunday. So those are your divisional round games. You got to look at those games and see the level of play. So when you know uh, what the Falcons are getting better and making moves, you can kind of know what playoff football looks like. That's what we're watching here. And uh, to see, you know, the quarterback play. You got a young one. You got a rookie doing his thing. Lamar's the MVP. You got a former MVP in Mahomes. You got Josh Allen, who's just a human tank. <laughs> that was a great touchdown run he had uh, yesterday. And then you got another young one, Love and Brock Purdy. That's a battle of the young quarterbacks, a change of the guard at quarterback. And then Jared Goff had the big uh, redemption win over the Rams. And then you got Baker Mayfield with a playoff win after being basically cast out of Cleveland and bounced around the league. And the Bucks took a gamble on him, and it's paid off. He's uh, he's gonna turn that three million dollar gamble into some pretty good money here for the rest of his career. So with that, uh, we're gonna get on out of here. Hey, the coaching search is underway. We're not even worrying about um, position by position by position reviews. They weren't good enough. They were seven and ten. A lot of people, uh, there were some good players here and there, but we are going to stay focused on the coaching search at this time. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.